Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason Hernandez. Thank you for listening. It is so greatly appreciated. All right. As you may be aware, there are significant events materializing in our country right now. And I would like to not only acknowledge that, but address it in this opening segment. And also address how it relates to the world of sports and this very podcast. It is my hope that I can provide you respite, while at the same time, acknowledge the goings-on in our great nation. Two days ago, the entire hockey world had their eyes glued to the gold medal game of the World Junior Championships. At the same time, there was a significant election going on that could possibly change the course of where our dear country is heading. Even during the game, as the results were trickling in, my Twitter feed was a strange juxtaposition of going from inconsequential hockey tweets to people at first dismayed, then optimistic over the Georgian election results. Once Team USA jumped out to that 2-0 advantage, led by the great Trevor Zegris, there was a sense from my friends and American colleagues that maybe the USA could actually pull off this victory. Once it became apparent that the American kids would win the gold, there was a strange sense of gratification that our country was on the positive end of things in the hockey sense. At the same time, at the same time this was happening, both races were showing signs that the Senate would indeed flip. And that American pride was beaming from all counts, not just hockey. Then we saw our American boys singing the national anthem. At that moment... A sense of hope and joy came over me. I'll admit, I stood up out of my chair. I stood for the anthem, and not just for the reasons of hockey, but it felt like we could finally move forward in our country. Soon after, I kept seeing multiple tweets comparing the victory of Team USA to the apparent victories of the two Senate races that would flip the Senate. In fact, I saw multiple tweets that said something to the tune of, USA is getting all the W's tonight. Yeah, it was positive. At that moment, I felt compelled to record right away because there was a feeling of joy and contentment that we hadn't seen in a very long time. I'll point out that I'm speaking directly to you, especially if you heard yesterday's podcast. At the time of recording, I said that it was a great day in America. Taking a page from Craig Ferguson... I legitimately thought that this feeling, this great feeling, would last a while, and I was blissfully unaware of the terror that we would encounter a mere 12 hours later. Now, I'd like to apologize for saying that it was a great day in America when it, in fact, was the complete opposite of that. I made slight reference to the politics going on, and when the podcast was uploaded, Everything seemed right in the world. It uploaded early in the morning before anything happened. And for that very brief amount of time, everything seemed right. That was a mea culpa on my end. That feeling of national pride was quickly eradicated by the despicable acts of violence that originated in our nation's capital building. Thousands of people attempting to destroy the very fabric of our election process descended upon Washington, D.C., and actually penetrated through the ultimately passive protection of the Capitol building. 
while the election results were being certified. Yeah, it was happening during the certification. Everything our country stood for crumbled at that point. 14 hours. Those great feelings lasted for a mere 14 hours. From the thrill of an impassioned victory to the anguish of seeing these disgusting protests, many of us went through the ringer of emotions in such a short period of time. We all watched in disbelief as those events were unfolding, the likes of which we hadn't seen since the War of 1812. 1812. That's over two centuries ago. Yet, through all of that, we wake up this morning with a little bit of hope. Even through the darkest days, the sun will rise again and optimism looms over the horizon. And bringing it back to hockey, the NHL begins in six days. Six days. That's cause for optimism. This league has gone through some of its toughest days, but the sun will rise again. Soon enough, we will come together to watch as our favorite teams battle on the ice for glory and for all the fans watching and for Lord Stanley's Cup. Soon, those great feelings will indeed return. Welcome back to this abbreviated version of Locked on Zegris, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked on Podcast Network. If you guys haven't already, check out betonline.ag and enter the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. They have every sport you can think of, baseball, basketball, football, and hockey, they have players' futures, team futures. If you want to bet on the Ducks somehow winning the division, they have bets for that. So once again, go to betonline.ag and enter promo code Locked On to get 50% welcome bonus. The online sportsbook, or rather, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm sorry, but this abbreviated podcast... It's taken quite a turn on that first segment, and I thought I should get that out there, especially because at the time I recorded, it was a good feeling. That's what I thought at the time. And I really had this sense of, we're going to get through this. USA just won gold. USA is moving forward. They're changing. Yeah, not so much. And in fact, I was going to record this a while ago, but an article just came out literally minutes ago, and I do want to read some of this article And this has to do with what happened yesterday. We're going to continue talking about this because it is national news and it is very important news that has rocked this nation. And it and there is a parallel between what went on in the hockey world on Tuesday night and what what went on in the real world Tuesday night into Wednesday. And this got into Ducks practice. An article just came out from Eric Stevens at Iceman Cometh from The Athletic, so thank you once again to Eric Stevens. Uh, He interviewed Dallas Eakins, the Ducks head coach, talking about what happened yesterday, and Dallas Eakins did not mince words regarding what happened yesterday, and this just came out, so I'm just going to quote this as is. Um, Dallas Eakins, whenever he went to Washington, D.C., he would have a morning jog, and he would go around the Capitol building. So for him to see what was going on yesterday, it made him sick. Here's a quote. 
what they've endured over the years and all the unbelievable important decisions for our country that went on there. And what happened yesterday was something that we usually see obviously on TV. And it's a reporter very far away in another country showing us what's going on in another country. To me, the amount of sacrifice that all these people have put their lives on the line around the world in the military to keep us safe, to keep us safe from something like that, it literally sickens me. It sickens me. It makes me want to tear up. It makes me angry that we don't have the common sense to debate, talk, use your votes, anything peaceful to get change. You might see things one way. I might see things another. That doesn't mean we got to stand there and punch the crap out of each other. Or I'm going to come invade your home because I don't like what you're doing or what you think. That was a bad day yesterday. You see what's going on. To a man in our dressing room, it was the same. There was a lot of head shaking. What's going on? This is bad. End quote. For Dallas Eakins to reveal that much about not only what's going on in his mind, but to the players too. To him, addressing the fact that the players shook their heads was important. Dallas Eakins wanted to get that out there because these players are not just hockey 24-7. Yeah, I mean, they live, breathe, and die hockey most of the time, but they're still human like you and me. They are still of conscious mind of what's going on in the world around them. And for the players to ask what's going on and for the players to realize how bad this is, that says a lot. And there have been some players around the league that are speaking out about this. I mean, Dallas Eakins went on to say this, quote, The one sense of, I guess, pride for me that happened was after all that happened, they tried to shut all whatever they were doing in the Capitol building down. That at least all of those lawmakers, those senators, those House representatives, they didn't go home and reconvene on whatever they were trying to get done. They were like, clear it out. We'll wait. You tried to knock us down. But here we are, back again. I think it also showed the resiliency of those buildings, the people that work in them, and our country too. In the bigger breath, I'm angered and I'm sickened and a wee bit embarrassed. But coming out of it, seeing them reconvene going, yeah, you know what? Try to knock our country down, but we're still holding firm. We may be cracked, but we're not broken. End quote. That is great that Dallas Eakins came out and said that. And he wasn't the only one. Um, Matt Dumba, he spoke to reporters. He didn't like it. And former Duck, Kyle Palmieri, he had a lot to say about this. A lot. Quote, The riots put a blemish on how high in regard the majority of the nation holds those buildings and that area. I mean, as an American, it's disheartening to see. The election is a pretty sacred thing to our democracy, and I think when you look back at the events from yesterday, it's frustrating to see that kind of turmoil, especially in our nation's capital. I think it's something that, as people who call this nation home, we just hold ourselves to a higher standard and obviously expect a lot better out of the people we share this great country with. End quote. Once again, that was Kyle Palmieri not mincing words at all. And r right now, Kyle Palmieri's got to be thinking, what am I watching? For Kyle Palmieri and for Dallas Eakins and plenty of other players around the NHL to be embarrassed and disheartened, that says a lot about what's going on. And I realize that I did want to go over some more stats, some more World Junior stuff. I want to talk more about Zegras. So I'm going to hold off 
on the Drysdale and the Defenseman talk for tomorrow's podcast. And in the third segment, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Trevor Zegris because, hey, this is locked on Zegris. We're going to talk about him at least once a day until the season starts. So we're going to talk about Zegris after the second intermission. But first, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need if you need a car part for a Honda, a Ferrari, a Toyota. Maybe you drive a Prius and you need parts for that. rockauto.com has those parts. For a Chevy, an Aston Martin, if you're a classic car collector like Tamu Solani, rockauto.com has the parts for you. Not only that, but they are consistently lower priced than the big box stores. Why pay the retail price when you could pay half of that when you go to rockauto.com? In the box, how did you hear about us? Tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the second admission, we're going to talk about Trevor Zegris. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Zegris, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, it's finally that time. We're actually going to talk about Trevor Zegris on this third and final segment for today's podcast. So, Trevor Zegris, as you may well be aware, had an amazing World Junior Championships tournament, leading all scorers with 18 points. But it's not just the points that separate Trevor Zegris from being a great player to an elite player. I don't know why I kept using that word. I mean, let's face it, Derek Grant is the elite 1C. Everybody knows that. But Trevor Zegris could enter that elite level and boy what a mentor Trevor Zegris has in Derek Grant. You think I'm you think I'm kidding. I'm partially not kidding. Because Derek Grant, he's 30 years old. He can definitely take on a mentorship role if he wants. Derek Grant does have the veteran capabilities of putting someone like Zegris under his wing and I know Ducks fans They'd be going all over that. They'd lose their crap if they saw pictures of Derek Grant hugging Trevor Zegers. They'd be like, oh man, he's the next coming. He's the next elite 1C. Except this time, Trevor Zegers could actually legitimately become an elite, well, first liner. I don't see Zegers playing the center position ever, but I could see Zegers being a first liner later on down the line. Because one thing that gets talked about a lot is his passing ability. Something that doesn't get talked about as much is his ability to control the puck and to get the puck successfully out of the defensive zone. Yes, I know we talk about his movement around the puck, his movement with the puck behind the net to the corners around the faceoff dots. That's talked about a lot. But what happens when you pick up the puck on your own defensive end? Are you just going to throw it away and fail to get out of the zone? No. In fact, I've got plenty of stats to back that up. And this is thanks to Mikhail Nahabijian from Hunter of Stats. So thank you to Hunter of Stats for these great zone exits and entry statistics. And going through the first game, uh, he only had three attempts out of the zone, control two of them. But I'm really going to go into the zone entries where he attempted to enter the zone 33 times. He controlled the puck only 12 times going into the offensive zone. So he did a decent job going from the neutral zone to the offensive zone. 12 out of 33 is not that bad. But then you look at that other 
category. How many times did he dump the puck in there? He dumped the puck in there 16 times. He only failed to get it into the zone a small handful of times. And of those times where he dumped it in, he got it back himself or it successfully went to one of his teammates who was either behind the net on the other side or they raced to the puck to get it back. Because Team USA was probably the fastest team in this year's World Junior Championships. People have said this all over the place. Canada was probably the best team overall, but Team USA was the fastest team in the World Junior Championships. And Zegris recognized that. He recognized that if he dumped the puck in, he could get it himself or rely on one of his teammates to get it, which happened very frequently. But that percentage goes down quite a bit. Then you look at zone exits. He was spectacular on that. In fact, among his first four games or among the pool play, he attempted to get the puck out of the zone a total of 24 times. And he was successful most of the time, 17 times. That is 69%, which is nice. And thanks to Hunter of Stats for this one, during pool play, he looked at the controlled zone exit percentage leaders at the World Juniors through pool play. And this is a pretty cool stat. Semyon Chistyakov was 60%. Viktor Soderstrom was 62%. Artemi Yazev, 66%. You had two Canadians in there. Bowen Byram at 67%. Jamie Drysdale, also at 67%. Then you had Trevor Zegers at 69% and Anton Lundell at 71% controlled exit percentage, which led everybody. Zegers was second among all skaters, not just forwards. That includes defensemen. That includes Drysdale and Byram. That is all skaters, 69%, second among all of them. That is impressive, folks. When you get the puck in your corner, or in your own end. You better damn well get it out of the zone. And he did just that. That's something that I think should be talked about a little bit more, is the ability to control the puck into the neutral zone. And by the way, that doesn't include the fact that he dumped it into the zone and into the offensive zone almost every time. If you consider the amount of times he failed to get it out of the defensive zone, that number is minuscule. That happened only twice. That's it. Most of the time, Trevor Zegers can be very reliable on getting the puck out of the zone, and that does two things. One, if he controls it, he controls it back to the neutral zone or gets it into the offensive zone. When Zegers has the puck on his stick and he gets it out of the defensive zone, that can allow the defense to change lines right away. Shifts could happen much more fluidly, and that's something that was a big result of why they won the whole thing. There was not much confusion as far as line changes go, as far as going from line one to line two. And Zegris was a major part of that. And part of his game that probably won't get talked about enough, but I'm going to talk about it here. That's just another dimension of his game that he brings to the Anaheim Ducks. And something that they did struggle with over the course of the past two seasons is you would see this a bunch of times and Ducks fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He would have elongated penalty kills where the Ducks would get the puck and they just can't get it out of the zone. I mentioned this several times last year. Special teams were abysmal. 
Yes, the power play was among the worst in the National Hockey League. The penalty kill was good at times, but most of the time, it was decent at best. It was middle of the ground as far as penalty killing. And a lot of times, they couldn't get the puck out of the zone. So you would have long shifts of a minute and a half, sometimes up to two minutes, where they couldn't get the puck out of the zone, and you had a tired defense. And a lot of those times, when you have a tired defense... What happens? The opponent scores on you. We saw that happen a ton of times last season. And now that you have some defensemen coming in that can remedy that, Shattenkirk, he's one of those guys that was successful in getting the puck out of the zone. Trevor Zegras, another guy that can get it out of the zone properly. Jamie Drysdale, he's third on that list, by the way. Zegras, number two. Drysdale, number three on that list among all skaters for controlled zone exit leaders. That was a big problem for the Anaheim Ducks last season. If you can get Schatz, Zegras, Drysdale, all in the same lineup possibly next year, you're going to see a lot less times where you're going to have tired Ducks out there on long shifts. I guarantee it, folks. All right, that's about all the time we have for today. I wanted to get those Zegras stats out for today. So once again, thanks for listening to Locked on Zegras. And those first couple segments today, I just had to get them out there. Considering everything that is going on in our country, in the world, I felt it was important to get all that out there. So once again, thank you for indulging me on that. Thank you for listening. And most of all, thanks for your comments. I very much greatly appreciate them. If you want to follow this podcast, you can follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already. If you really love the podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star comment. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. Once again, thank you all so much for listening, and we will get through these tough times together. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying please stay safe out there. Continue practicing social distancing and be kind to one another. And I truly mean this. Ducks fly together.